0: The Blast from Our Past Network.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast. We are the podcast that brings you full on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today we have a album review for you. Excuse me. We have a we have an album review for you. We make sure I'm getting my grammar correct. <laughs> exactly, today.
2: John. You know what? Your 5th uh, grade teacher would be off, flying off the rails if she didn't know that you if you know, used your proper yeah. uh,
1: uh, Miss Miss Tribble if you're listening Mr. to this. Uh, one, what the hell, and two, I'm sorry. There you go. <laughs> All right. Today we are going to be reviewing the album Enema by the band Tool. I am super excited for this one.
2: Yeah. you. This was an album I know I was introduced through you. It, it, yeah. That's what I remember. Like Tool was a band that you loved, and I absolutely love them too, but it's one of those that um,
1: I got into them because you kind of introduced it to our household. Yeah, and I got into them uh, because of a friend from high school named Katie. And shit, I can't remember her last name. <laughs> Katie, I'm sorry, Katie. I I doubt you're listening to this, but uh, <laughs> if if you do, I apologize. Um, I was a friend of mine, Katie. She was a flute player in the band. Um, but she was she was always kind of interesting. She was very sort of like hippie-ish, mm-hmm. almost. Just kind of just in her dress and the way she acted. She became she was a pretty good friend for me in high school, and I think like my entire sophomore year, she gave me a ride to school. Okay, every day. So uh, <laughs> I was thank you because she lived near us. So I was very thankful for that. No, it, it was never anything like that. Oh, okay. Um, she Giving just, you a ride. I don't know. I'll just, I'll yeah. Just... Well, she was, I mean, she was actually uh, a person who introduced me to a lot. Of, she's the one who introduced me to a um, uh, bad religion. Oh, very cool. Well then. So
2: thank I, you. I thank yeah. you, Katie. You have done a fantastic thing for our uh, family
1: yes. and my relationship with my brother. <laughs> yes. And our podcast. Yeah. Conversely. Uh, so, uh tool has uh, been around for a while very well known for taking a lot of time in between mm-hmm. uh, albums they they like to take their time they want to make sure that what they put out is something that they're happy with in in whatever you know they're doing and uh i saw them oh you in did february damn of this year this year yeah fuck great show okay very good show because uh, they recently put out a new album like at mm-hmm. the end of last year sometime yeah. um so they were doing a tour and we're i i think it was fairly early on in their tour that that they were here um, but i did get to see them amazing show they were definitely a bucket list band that i wanted to see yeah. because they don't tour all that often and that's, they're not <laughs> like some bands that are like i see coming through vegas like yeah every year
2: and that's that was one of my comments they're just one of the things is like they're a a buckless band i have not seen them and i really want to fucking see them
1: uh amazing show you know it's it's a marathon show because most of their songs are marathons Mm -hmm. um they don't you know they're not one to put out you know the quick little uh you know radio hits that they're gonna do they're gonna play a song the way they want to Mm -hmm. um i was pleasantly surprised how many songs they played off of this album okay um, yeah. They played uh, quite a few. Uh, they definitely played. Um, they played Stinkfist. They played forty six and two, and they played Enema for sure. There might have been one more off of that, but those three I definitely remembered. And I remember listening to that, And we'll kind of talk about this when we get to Enema. But I I love when you go to a concert and you get a whole just stadiums worth of people singing along every word of someone's song now yeah. i don't like it when the singer stops singing to let the audience sing yeah i don't like that either <laughs> but you know if they're going through the song and everyone's just singing along with them it's you know it it tells you as a as a musician that you've done something impactful and it, that's something that i've always wish i could really uh experience um and i would say we've kind of experienced with this podcast. We've, we've been reached out to by people who, who've said how much they love our podcast and, mm-hmm. and some, for some reason, like listening to the sound of our voices. I don't know how that's possible. Ridiculous. I know, <laughs> but we appreciate it. Yeah. It's, it, you know, what, when, when, when you're, when you do something sort of creative and artistic and, uh, I'd like to think that we, we, we do this for sort of an, an artistic and creative outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, It's nice when it's appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. And Tool, we appreciate you. Yeah, (laughs) yes, we do. All right. So the album was released in September, on September seventeenth of nineteen ninety six. I believe that would have been probably my freshman or sophomore year of high school. Okay. Uh, Recorded in Hollywood, California. Um, The runtime is about seventy seven minutes. It's a pretty long album.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely one of our
1: one of our heftiest. Um, and it was uh, produced by a man named David Bottrill, who um, has recorded a bunch of other stuff. Uh, he recorded, uh, produced uh, some stuff from Mudvayne, Silverchair, Dream Theater. was a big one. Okay, um, a lot of the kind of the heavier guys. I, I'm looking at the, his list here: Stained, uh, yeah. Placebo,
2: Okay, Muse as well, which is kind of like a
1: harder rock one. Godsmack, Yeah. Yeah, he's got got quite a bit. Uh, did some Stone Sour, yeah, that sort of thing. So he he kind of definitely rock and heavy metal Mm -hmm. producer. So not bad. The personnel list: uh, Tool itself is uh, Maynard James Keenan on vocals, Adam Jones on guitar, Justin Chancellor on bass, and Danny Carey on drums. Danny Carey has been a huge influence in my life since I found out about Tool because of how he how he approaches his drumming. Um, and I've often found this to be true of a lot of, of influential drummers I love, um, which has led me to spend more time learning to do this. A lot of the guys, even in heavy bands and, and metal bands, who I appreciate, love jazz. Mm, okay. And uh, Danny Carey's no exception. Um, he's... he's, he's he loves jazz and he he sort of like just loves all music um he has another band that i forgot the name of that he plays with he actually plays piano with that band Mm -hmm. um so i i think i think uh these drummers who have a very wide influence tend to influence me in that same way okay very cool um, some additional uh, musicians that I'll just mention, because there, there wasn't that many of them, because mostly Tool likes to, to do other stuff themselves. Uh, Marco Fox does the vocals on a great tune called <laughs> D.I.R. von Satan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eben Schlater does organ on the intermission, which we'll definitely talk about that mm-hmm. one, because I, I think it's a marvelous idea that they did yeah. with that tune. Um, Chris Pittman did some synthesizer on Third Eye. And David Betrell, the producer, did piano keyboards on Message to Harry Manbeck. All right, Adam, did you have anything you would like to add before we go into this?
2: Yes. Um, This album debuted at number two on the Billboard uh, 200 chart when it uh, initially released. It's uh, Tool's best-selling album. It sold about 3.5, 3.4 million um, in the U.S., where Undertow, their first album, sold 2.9, Lateral's 2.6, and kind of down from there. Um, Rolling Stone listed enema as uh, the number 18 on its list of 100 greatest medals of all time metal albums of all time mm-hmm. uh, the packaging for enema was nominated for a grammy award for best recording packaging i didn't know that there was an award <laughs> for best didn't recording package but you know what there we go um, there you go the title enema is a combination of the words anima uh, which is Latin for soul or associated with the ideas of, like, life force. Um, often often uh, kind of used as a term with, psycholo- with psychologist Carl Jung or Jung uh, that they kind of are obviously a big influence on Maynard's thought process, which you kind of see in multiple parts of the, this album. And then also it's mixed with enema, which is the medical procedure involving an injection of fluids into the rectum. And I thought it was particularly interesting that the album – is spelled enema with an I, the song Enema is spelled enema with an E. Oh. So they actually have I different never noticed spe- that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I didn't notice it either until I actually saw the um the spelling of the song and it's with an E. It's like it's that A E N E M A for the song and A E N I M A for the album. And so maybe they're just kind of like trying to emphasize two different parts, like the album itself. Um is more of the anima life force kind of thing, mm-hmm. but a mix of the uh, rectal fluid stuff. <laughs> and then the song <laughs> is a little bit more emphasis on the rectal side of things and the shit side of things, which I think makes a lot of sense It does in that when, song. Yes. And that's, maybe that's why they initially, or why they spelled it differently. I
1: don't know. That's just my, my thought process. No, I like that. Um, also, and I'm going to kind of mention this as a top, this album, not every song, but as a whole, this album is kind of a, a dedication or eulogy Mm -hmm. per se, which is very apparent in the song eulogy uh, for a comedian by the name of Bill Hicks. Yeah. Who I was introduced to Bill Hicks through this album. Um, And he was a kind of a prominent, um, I kind of like, he's kind of in the same vein as like the Sam Kennison's. He's like the the angry comedian, (laughs) very angry, (laughs) very angry comedian um, uh, who died. Unfortunately, uh, I think in 94. Yeah. 94 of pancreatic cancer. Um, I listened to all of Bill Hicks' albums when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to a lot of angry comedians anymore now that I'm mm-hmm. older, um, but I will go back on occasion and listen to some of, of Bill Hicks' bits. Um, if you like that style, your Lenny Bruce's or Sam Kennison's, that sort of thing, that sort of style of comedy, and you've never heard Bill Hicks, you need to go you listen too. to him. He's a very, very funny individual.
2: He is. Uh, probably at one time I would have said Bill Hicks was my favorite Comedian, my favorite stand-up mm-hmm. comedian. I could have said the same thing. And I don't know, similar with you. I don't know if that style still is my favorite, and I and I love it for for as much anymore. Um, but he 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 holds a special place in my heart as you know,
1: just one of my top comedians for sure. Yeah. Um, and actually, there's some lyrics, especially in Enema, which if you're not familiar with his comedy, won't mm-hmm. really make much sense. Yeah,
2: guy, it really helps a lot. Like, yeah. um, you know, listening back and forth. Between, like the the Arizona Bay album that he has yeah. with the with the song, it just
1: really it enhances both. Exactly. All right, Adam let's let's get into this album because I'm, I'm I'm excited <laughs> to listen to this. It's
2: a real kind of interesting choice of words. Get into uh, we're gonna get into this album. Get into this first song, John.
1: Yeah, especially with a title like <laughs> Stinkfest. It was probably a point in my life where I probably would have said that this was my favorite song on the entire album. Mm. Um I don't know if I have a favorite anymore. <laughs> it's like your I children. Just, they're just they're it's like my children. It, yeah. <laughs> it's like my children. I don't have a favorite. I just I love I, I love pretty much everything on this album more or less. But um, really
2: one of one of your children's your favorite, right? <laughs> Which one is it? <laughs> We're not having that discussion.
1: <laughs> we are not having that. Discussion. OK, this is such a good song. Um It very interesting wordplay. Because um, the it, the title and some of the the imagery that the lyrics put out make you think of fisting, um, and th- I think that is what they were going for. But I, I you know, ha- having listened to Keenan's lyrics for such a, a long time, I think you can you can tell there's there's more to it than just that.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, and kind of looking into it. It seems more of a metaphorical fisting, if you will, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. as a whole, I, it really kind of it talks about the overstimulation, uh, you know, really like the just the, the, the bullshit of, you know, that we want it. We want to be constantly stimulated. We want to be um, uh, uh, just uh, there's over sexual titillation, you know, in society mm-hmm. nowadays that, you know, we've become numb to subtlety and numb to the subtle beautiful things out there that we're just we're constantly wanting more, we're constantly needing to get more and more perverse and that kind of stuff to where ultimately, you know, it kind of gets to that the idea of fisting up the backside, you know, until you're (laughs) at the end of the song, it's shoulder deep is what he says. Um and it's just like it's literally it's just like, no, we it's just constantly craving and needing more and more stimulation and more and more until it becomes, you know, and, and to some point I absolutely understand that you know where he, even just myself you see some weird shit online you know you just do <laughs> yeah. and you, you become numb to it where like you know when you're at a certain age it's just like eh, oh my god that's so crazy and then nowadays because of just because of the internet I'm like oh uh <laughs> I, I don't even gonna get into it but like shit that <laughs> you like it's like okay whatever I've seen I've seen some really weird shit you know and it's just uh, this song really embodies that
1: I, I've always liked, and it's a very simple, but just every time the sort of the, the pre-chorus comes around and he's, he's like knuckle deep, then elbow mm-hmm. deep, then shoulder deep, like the stakes keep going higher and higher and higher as he gets farther into the song. And I know it's a very simple thing, mm-hmm. but it would have been just really easy to just be like, all right, we're just going to repeat this. Yeah. You know, but they, they always want to move, uh, you know, there's there's a story. There's got to be something to it. But yeah, I the song itself,
2: you know... Uh, it, it's got it's got a lot of the, the elements that you love tool music for kind of like that's that it's kind of slower build at the start, but like a nice something that that I, I love the start of this song. You know, they, they, they always do something interesting to to start a song off and then they build from it and then they yeah. they just they have a they do a great job of, you know, it's kind of like in what in techno or house music is called like a drop where they kind <laughs> of like, you know, they, they, they have a the build and then everything gets quiet and then they hit hard. Tool does something similar with their music where they kind of get builder and builder and then it's just like, and then it goes, dun, 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 dun. like it hits real hard. And I love how they do that.
1: Yeah. Um, they're very well known for using a lot of electronic sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, if you go, um, especially recently, uh, go find a video of just uh, Danny Carey playing. There's There's some drum videos, drum cam videos of him like going through concerts and you see his setup um his his setup is probably at least a third if not half of electronic pads mm. because of all the different sounds they use when they're recording so his he has a very unique drum setup which i mm. i love the idea bet- behind how he he sets up his drums i think it's really really interesting and cool and and, and it's just because i i love the drummer and, and how he approaches everything um they do every they do so many different sort of interesting rhythmic things with what they do and i'll talk about that more because they use a lot of mixed meter um where they you know it's not just a constant four the whole time they do a lot of really weird um, what's called a hemiola which is where you have like a, a different feel on top of another feel so you have like a four feel on top of a three feel and so everything oh yeah on paper doesn't look like it lines up yeah you know and things I, like I, I, and mashed. i kind of i talked about that not not in
2: proper terminology but there's a song later on that i i did kind of mention that you just it just feels like everything's doing its own every instrument is doing its own thing yes and it sounds cacophonous but it also still comes together so interesting exactly
1: (laughs) exactly all right all right let's move on to the next one which we kind of mentioned already Mm -hmm. uh which is called eulogy As I mentioned, this is kind of a eulogy for Bill Hicks. It's a literal, it's a eulogy for him. Um it's what it appears to be for me.
2: It's just, okay, so I I got I didn't get that from this song. Okay. But I can I, I can
1: see it. I, I mean I don't I mean I I don't I think it's sort of a like it's it's intended for him but uh I think they wrote it in such a way that you could take it to mean in multiple things, which I usually think is a mark of a good writer. It's a very long song. Not yep. the longest one in this album though. But it's eight minutes and twenty eight seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a fun. and a lot. And of that's, that has to do with, with uh, how they how long they build yes, yes. into things.
2: Lo- slow build in this song. And that's the same thing. But I like that style, and I and I, I. do too. It really is really nice. Um, it it makes me invested in the song. Honestly, yeah. Um, I, I like that uh, kind of between like, you know, kind of the chorusy kind of spots, um, and not not always, not really, but like they do, they start off with like some distortion on the vocals and then they kind of, when they hit harder and they're they're doing more um, kind of hard rock style, they they drop the distortion and they kind of go back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. What I saw and what I, when I'm looking at the lyrics and from just doing some research or for what I saw, there's actually a lot of discussion off this one is about religion, which- okay. um, I could totally see that too. So, some people can interpret it. When you look at like the first, so here's like some of the first lines that he says is, um, he had a lot to say he had a lot of nothing to say we'll miss him and then the last lines being uh, some of the last lines being get off your fucking cross we need the fucking space to nail the next fool martyr to ascend you must die you must be crucified for our sins and our lies goodbye um, so like there's obviously some you can get some some jesus mentality from that yeah. um, and you you tie that in with the um, he had a lot of nothing to say kind of stuff it can it can come across very anti-christian and yes. which which they are Tool and Maynard I think they see themselves as past a lot of like the simplistic religions that we do yeah. they're they're much more into the i don't know the, the Bill Hicks stuff which we'll talk about more in like the third eye song and stuff well,
1: like that Well and the, I always equated that point because Bill Hicks was also very critical yeah. of religion very critical in his comedy mm-hmm. so i like i always kind of saw this as like a eulogy, but from Bill Hicks's point of view
2: huh, of himself.
1: So maybe uh, you're probably right. It's probably more towards specifically religion, but knowing that a lot of this is dedicated to him, I always kind of mesh the two together.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could see that. That's kind of cool. I mean, it is, I, I love tying in the Bill Hicks with this whole album as yeah. much as, as possible. So,
1: uh, all right, let's go on to the next song, which is simply titled H So this is another one. It's a slow build. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to happen a lot. Yeah, consi- in, in, I mean they're
2: consistent with their style. Um, yeah, which is which is so kind of interesting to me because they're known as being in a pretty innovative band, trying yeah. new stuff. But even though they have a you know they they are willing to try new styles or new new sounds or whatnot, they have a specific Tool sound to them that I can yes. just you can pick out and just be like oh that's Tool. I don't care if they're trying a more jazzy thing or or they're trying new instrumentation or whatever. It's like that's a tool sound, and and they yeah. stick to it. And I don't care if it's a same slow build that we heard three songs already. Right. I still like it. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: and, and they vary up the builds and all that stuff. Yeah. This is a song that I don't I don't usually or ever really go seeking out, mm-hmm. but I'm always glad to hear once it's been playing because it's very like. I, to me, it's still it's very mellow for them, mm-hmm. even though there's some harder parts in this. It's still it's a little bit slower, it's a little bit mellow. This is one I kind of not zone out listening to, but I can kind of it's 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 almost peaceful. It's almost it, peaceful for me.
2: Yeah, and they, they do have where a lot of the other songs, you know, they'll have like the slowness, and then they'll get hard, and they'll be hard for a while. This one is much more the ratio is much more slower normally or from the majority of the song. And then they have a couple hard like drops in there, um, which they yeah. do well. Uh, yeah. I, I'm i with you. I like this song. It's not a top tier one, especially coming from two songs that I think are some of definitely the best on the album or two yeah. of the best on the album. Um, and then this one kind of isn't as strong, but it's still good. It's funny enough. It was the second si- single that they put out. And from what people, from what people are kind of dissertaining or that's, i don't think that's a word. Uh, whatever they're trying to figure out, uh, they think this song is named after uh, Maynard's son. His, uh, okay. his his son is named Devo H Keenan, and his middle name is apparently H, not uh-huh. anything else.
1: <laughs> oh, were you mean? Did you mean ascertaining? Maybe. That, let's that, let's Sorry, go with that. I don't know. That just popped into my head. <laughs> let's let's make me sound smarter. Okay. Uh, but so so this song
2: song apparently could be about you know, the relationship with his son and also okay. how Maynard's own troubled relationship with his father and kind of how that's affected it and stuff like that. That's kind of what I saw. But besides that, it's a good song. It's, I'm, yeah. it, it's, yeah. uh, it works well with this
1: album. You know, I, uh, I've, I've come to the conclusion now that uh, I never could have made it uh, as a songwriter um, because I didn't do drugs and I didn't have <laughs> parent issues. <laughs> that, that was it
2: damn you parents mom of, and dad yeah, you were
1: good to us you jerks i know <laughs> so the next track is the beginning of uh kind of several sort of intermissional type mm-hmm. pieces that are on there and adam i gotta tell you something um so the version that i listened to on my phone mm-hmm. uh, was one that i actually had downloaded years ago onto my computer and I forgot that I had cut out a lot of those intermission. <laughs> oh, ones. okay. There are at least two tracks on here I completely forgot and didn't even listen to. And <laughs> this one is one of them. I'm not entirely sure I'm going to actually put a lot of those on the podcast. Because uh-huh. I don't necessarily think they're necessary.
0: I but mean, we this, can talk about them.
2: This one least. is my is the least necessary. It is right. it is just record sound.
0: Yeah, <laughs> That's <laughs> it's it. It's
1: just called Useful Idiot.
0: Yeah.
2: Sorry. Yeah. And it, and it okay. is just record sound. That's the entirety of it.
1: And that's probably why I cut it out.
2: Yeah. And it's I mean, you know, I, I under I appreciate the weirdness of Tool and they they'll do stuff like this and they're trying things like that. A lot of the other ones I think I maybe have a little bit more interesting stuff to them. Some mm-hmm. of them. But this one is just kind of
1: there for me. Yeah. all right uh so let's let's kind of blow past that and okay. go on to the next one which is kind of a monster of a song called 46 and 2
0: i <laughs> not I
1: fucking love this song. This is one of my absolute favorite Tool songs period. <laughs> it's it's such a it's such a jam. It's so yeah. good. Um, and, and on top of that, they're playing and a lot, they do a lot of mixed meter. It's mostly in four and a mm. traditional four, but they'll throw in these random seven eights and nine eights and five eights and just in these weird spots. And I love, I love the, the bass lick at the beginning. Um, as, mm. as someone who played bass a lot, this is one of my favorite licks to play. Um, it's, uh, it, it sounds more complicated, I think, than it really is, mm. but man, it's so much fun.
2: It is. This is, um... This is a song that that makes me be like, I need to see this fucking band in concert. This is the kind of band that, like, yeah. you know, I, I just being there with, like, a crowd that is going to get so into a song like this. Um, it is. It, it's, uh, it's just, it, And it also is a song that makes me be like, fuck, I haven't really listened to Fear Inoculum all that much. I need to listen to it more, which is their most recent album that came out yeah. last year. And I want to just be like, I have all their other albums and I need that one. I don't, I don't know why I haven't gotten it yet, but it's just, goddamn. Um, yeah, I wrote down, I love how, to, how tool plays with time signatures. Yeah, um, and that's, you already kind of mentioned that, but exactly just things like since it sounds like things are going crazy, but like, it just works so musically well together. Um, yeah. Uh, it looks. It sound, It seems like the uh, the song title refers to an idea first conceived by Carl Jung, that guy I mentioned earlier, psycholo- a psychologist, um, concerning the possibility of reaching a state of evolution at which the body would have two more uh, than the normal forty six chromosomes. So the premise is humans would deviate from the current state of human DNA, which contains forty four autosomes and two sex chromosomes. So that's forty six. The next two or the next step of evolution would be um, DNA recognizing 46 autosomes and two sex growth. So it would be 46 and two, as opposed to our current 44 and two. Um, So it's kind of about, I guess, about evolution changing, um, you know, moving towards that next step in humanity and consciousness kind of thing. I wonder what that would do
1: to us, Uh having this, you know what would it, what would having those extra autosomes do for us apparently according
2: to carl jung i think we'd more reach a more enlightened state and we would be able to you know in, mm. interpret things and our consciousness would be
1: i don't know would i have telekinesis at that's what i want to know
2: that could be it exactly it's the uh, the x gene it's basically we'd be <laughs> mutants <laughs> that'd be awesome that would be
1: awesome <laughs> um i you know i'm going to bring this up cuz it, it kind of uh, made me think about this so and i did see them live uh very famously, Maynard James Keenan really kind of likes not kind of shuns the spotlight mm-hmm. per se. Um and it was really evident watching them because he was literally in the back. <laughs> so the way that their stage was set up, um the uh Adam and Justin, the bass and guitarists, or guitarists and bassists if I'm doing that in the correct mm-hmm. order, <laughs> um, they were in the front in a spotlight. Um, obviously, uh, Danny Carey was on a, uh, on a, not a stage, but, uh, a riser, that's what it's called, on a riser in the middle, because that's often where drums are, they often elevate, uh, elevate the drums as well. Next to Danny Carey were two big stages, and Maynard Jane Keenan would just go back and forth between the two of them, and they never lit him. <laughs> wow. So you could tell he was there, but he was always in shadow.
2: That's pretty, that's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. So he was always in the back. Um he was jamming out and you could see him moving, but he hardly i think the only time I ever saw him really step into the light was he kind of walked over to uh the drum set and was you know into the light there because it was already on the drum set, but then he had no spotlight on on him at all, okay, so it's kind of weird like it's you could take it two ways as as he's kind of like almost full of himself that to not be seen um or he wants to push the the music forward mm-hmm. and the lyrics secondary yeah okay so you could take it either way either way it was a great show good good I, that makes me oh, excited i want damage on we gotta do that <laughs> i gotta do that yep okay. who knows now when that's gonna happen so oh, yeah i'm actually disappointed do you know who i was supposed to be seeing this week hmm. uh alanis morissette with garbage
2: Oh, ooh, that's like that's a very good nineties uh Angry yeah, with Liz female. Fair too. Oh it, with was, Liz it Fair. was
1: nice. Yeah, with Liz Fair. Uh, who my wife is a big Liz Fair fan. So okay. like when they announced this like way back in January, like we're gonna buy tickets. In fact they didn't even have it for here. It was in Phoenix. We were gonna go to Phoenix <laughs> to see them. And they unfortunately had to postpone it. So I was actually also supposed to see Sting this week which I didn't get to see because all that stuff got canceled. So. Yeah. Well, not canceled, it got postponed, mm-hmm. which is Ticketmaster's way of saying we're not going to give your money back <laughs> because they didn't cancel it. They postponed it, <laughs> yep. which means you're stuck. your ticket is still good even if it ends up on a day that you yep. can't go. Yep. So we'll see how that goes. Anyway, <laughs> all right, let's move on. Uh, the next one is the other one that I obviously deleted because uh, I didn't remember it, and that was Message to Harry Manbeck. All right, listening to it just then. I don't think I'm going to play any of this. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, but it's, it's just a guy like on a phone, right?
2: Yeah, it's, exactly. It's like a phone message. It's really just yeah. an inter- interlude in it. I don't know. It doesn't really – I got no meaning from it.
1: Yeah. I'm i am sure there's something there, but I, I mean I really get it, which is probably why I cut it out mm-hmm. um, when I put this on uh, on my computer. Yeah. So, um, unless and unless you have something other else to add, I'm just going to move on to the next song. Moving on, moving on. All right, to uh, <laughs> to one of my favorite titled ones, <laughs> yeah. which is called "Hooker with a Penis." Always liked the songs very kind of angry, very yeah. fuck you.
2: It is very angry. I mean it is just basically the whole thing is a fuck you.
1: Yeah. Um, but you know, it's 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 a great little uh thing about, you know, people like complaining like, oh, you're selling out and I'm oversimplifying kind of what they're doing well, talking about here. No, really, I mean because the lyrics are pretty much that. <laughs> like they're very yeah. straightforward lyrics. <laughs> like someone complaining about them selling out and be like, Motherfucker, I sold out to make the record. Yeah. Like to them, it's like there's no selling out. Yeah, it's and and I to me that's the concept of selling out is something that the older I get, the dumber I think it it's is. I so think fucking ki-
2: it's it's like a kid. Damn, it oh, is. I hate it. I hate it. It's I a know. dumb mentality. Oh, you do something you love and you don't get want to get paid for it. Are you fucking kidding me?
1: Yeah, you know you can be artistic and still get paid for it. Yeah, and it's it's something that uh, I you know uh, I hate to say it because I'm an old man now. I mean I'm almost forty. Mm-hmm. but I I see the parents' point of view now. Yeah. You know, I don't agree with necessarily everything, but there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of anger in youth that is, was just funny because I'm, you know, seeing some of the stuff that's going through now, and, and a lot of it is justified, but some of it, like, I just, I listen to kids, especially because I taught high schoolers for a while, and I'm still in touch with some of those kids who graduated, and listen to them complain about things, and I'm like, you know what? When you get to a certain age, none of that shit matters. Mm-hmm. Nobody gives a fuck. You know, everyone's just trying to live their life, do their best, and everyone's been angry about shit like this before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just going to kind of stop there before I dig myself into a (laughs) hole that I'm not (laughs) intending to. All right. Uh, (coughs) Because I'm thinking more general than specific. Gotcha. Uh, Well, this song was actually, you
2: know, he wrote it from a specific moment where. A kid did talk to Maynard about it was basically about uh, the album Undertow, and uh, he declared himself a true Tool fan, uh, which was the the lyric um, wearing an OGT t-shirt or shirt t-shirt that said OGT, which is Original Gangsta Tool, um, what it apparently what it's called. Yeah. Um, but basically, he called out Maynard for selling out by releasing Undertow, you know, with a as a major label and shit like that, uh, which. It's just, I, I love it. Exactly. The whole thing of this song is just like a big fucking middle finger to that guy. Um, just basically being, fuck you, you bastard. You know what? You know, I, I sold out before and you're buying my records. So fuck yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. like, all of that. Um, and so the title though, Hooker with a Penis. It's it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Because it doesn't show up in the song at all. No. They don't
1: talk about I- it. I don't know. Maybe uh, I can only guess that maybe they they're referring to by selling out. He's being a hooker. Yeah, th- and- I think I think that's it. Which and just because he's a man, he's a hooker with a penis, and inherently Maybe. we assume a hooker is a woman. Yeah.
2: So from what what I kind of saw, what I I'm, I'm agreeing with is, um, you know, when he says like, you know, you know what, buddy, uh, I've sold I've sold myself, you know, I'm I'm a hooker, I've sold myself, but I'm the one who's still fucking you, basically. So he's a like with a penis. He's okay. <laughs> he's, he's because he's still fucking you back because you're the one who's paying me to do this shit. Um, so fuck you, that kind of thing. That that could yeah. be it. Now there's again different inter. You can interpretate. You can interpret the, the penis on the hooker any way you want, John.
1: <laughs> yes. yeah. All right, so I'm gonna uh, the next one isn't inter- is, is titled intermission. This one I did specifically save mm. because it, it it takes you very well into the next song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is simply called intermission. And I did read a little bit about this in an interview one time. Um, they basically just took the song Jimmy, which is the next song on the album, mm-hmm. and they asked their friend uh, Ebon, who's the organ player, like, "Hey, can you just take this and make it into some fun, <laughs> you know, circus sounding music?" Yeah. And yeah. so he did. He literally just took the themes from Jimmy and made it into kind of a fun little upbeat, almost circus song.
2: Yeah, that's that's great. I I love exactly as you mentioned. It kind of flows really well into Jimmy. Um, but I also love the the juxtaposition of the silliness uh, yes. of this circus song coming straight from actually probably the angriest song that we've had so far um, with Hooker with a Penis, where that was just like straight up fuck you, I'm angry the whole time, and then now you get this. Oh, this is silly, and then it's just yeah. ah, it, it just it it comes across really well for me.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm going to kind of move us into the next song because I whenever I listen to Jimmy, I always listen to Intermission first. Okay. I to me they're just it's part of the same song. It's just it's the intro into Jimmy. Okay. And so, let's move on to Jimmy. I kind of equate this one uh, to H in that it is mm-hmm. it's uh, it kind of zones me out a little bit. Uh, it's yeah. not one I go to seek out usually, um, but when I'm listening to the whole album, I love going through it because it's it's very tool, but it's backed off a little bit. It was, uh, I, 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 I like to say zoned out because that's kind of how I feel when I'm listening to it. Because they use a lot of uh, – somebody – I listen to um, – uh, some different podcasts and different stuff, and and there's a YouTube channel I really like called Lost in Vegas. I'm going to shout them out. Mm. i mean, It's just these two guys who just listen to songs. Um, I, uh, I've actually reached out to them before, but they're very, very busy, and they listen to a lot of Tool, and they, 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 they like to use the word tribal when mm. describing a lot, especially the drums, because mm-hmm. they're like because Danny Carey loves to use his, his toms, yeah, which I I think works well and does give Tool a very Specific sound and how mm-hmm. they do it, and to me this is this is kind of a good example of that. It's, it, but it's not like it's not heavy tribal, it's not war tribal. It's laid back tribal.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is definitely a chill out one, and and similar enough with the H. Yeah, it's, it's just solid, consistent tool sound to it. um The flow from the intermission is great. Uh, apparently, it's uh, the song is called Jimmy, so it's about his Maynard James Keenan. I think Mm -hmm. it's about him, Jimmy, uh, you know, as a boy, um, which apparently his mom became paralyzed when he was 11. And so he he was then sent off to his dad, his dad's place. And he apparently had a big, you know, had had a rough relationship with his dad and his whole world changed because of pretty much what happened. I think his mom either she had a stroke or something like that and kind of got paralyzed part of partly for it or from it. Uh, But that's kind of, I think, what a lot of this song has to do with. Uh, but yeah, but it is, nonetheless, you know what, I, I might equate this to somewhat like filler, but I don't know, it, it's it's better than filler. Even Tools, like, Tools' yeah. filler is really their intermission stuff, and yeah. every other song is fucking good. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh,
1: all right, I really don't have too much to add in yeah. to that, no, I apologize. Just... Um, but let's move on to uh another intermission song, which is probably my favorite intermission mm-hmm. song <laughs> out of all of them, honestly. Uh, and that is uh, Diaiah von Satan. In a Schüssel geben, Butter einrühren, Gemahlene müssen zugeben und den Teig verkneifen. Augenball große Stücke vom Teig formen, im Staubzucker wälzen und sagt die Zauberwörter: Simsaladim, Bambas, Saladu, Saladim. All
0: right,
1: so the, the term uh, DR von Satan basically means the eggs of Satan or colloquially like the balls of Satan. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what's great about this, it's a fucking cookie recipe.
2: I know. It's just the big. He's saying it because he's saying it so like in German and that just comes across. And there's a lot of like other like industrial kind of sound that they add to it. And like some cheers kind of like, you know, I don't want to say Hitler-esque, but they're kind of evoking bits of that. But it's a fucking
1: cookie recipe. (laughs) As you said, that's, that's awesome. I don't normally do something like this, but I want to read the English translation of the whole song. Okay. Real quick. So, all right. So it's uh, the eggs of Satan, half a cup of powdered sugar, one quarter teaspoon of salt, one knife tip of Turkish hash.
2: (laughs) Okay. So hash cookies then.
1: Hash cookies, yes. Half a pound of butter, one teaspoon vanilla sugar, half a pound of flour, 150 grams of ground nuts, a little extra powdered sugar, and no eggs. Und keine Eier. Yeah, und keine <laughs> Um uh, They have a few words, like place in a bowl, add butter, add the nuts, knead the dough. So now they, they've they listed the ingredients. Now we're getting on how to do it. <laughs> Form eyeball-sized pieces of the dough, roll in powdered sugar, and say the magic words, Sim, Salabam, Bim, Bamba, Salado, dim, which is where that – I always thought that part I was like, that does not sound German. It's not. No. It's just nonsense words. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, place on a greased pan, bake it 200 degrees for 15 minutes, and then the emphasis – and no eggs, eggs yeah. which is the great part because it sounds like it almost it's almost Hitler esque. Yeah. Like you start to hear background noises and he yells that last part. Und yep. And you hear the cheers. Ah! Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> and uh, I I remember uh, first hearing this album and um, my friend Katie telling me uh, that the one time she had a German exchange student listen to this song. Actually, she didn't even show it to her. They were just playing the album, and she started laughing uncontrollably, listening to. It. She's like, "This is this song makes no sense because it's just a cookie recipe." Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's so good. I I I will go out of my way to listen to this song. Yep. All right, let's push forward uh. to the next song called "Push It." This is another great tool filler, sort of. Uh, okay. I it's mean, a I, long one. It's a very long one. This see, is the uh, the longest one at 9 minutes and 55 seconds. Well, okay, so it's not technically the longest one.
2: I, see, uh, I love this one. This is one that I will kind of go out and, and I'll listen to Push It. Like, specifically, I'll go to and, and, and listen to it.
1: That's fair. I mean, no. but, uh, like, all of these ones that we're calling filler are not really filler.
2: No, no they're all great.
1: <laughs> they're all great songs. Um, you know if if I had to pick like top five it probably wouldn't make my Mm. personal top five but this isn't this is an album that this is in an album that is just chock full of great music this is this is a listen through
2: from top to bottom album I mean you know what yeah we'll say that again later I'm sure but like absolutely every damn song. And even the intermissions, you know what? There's a couple you don't love, but they're small. They're quick enough. And then there's a couple yeah. of them that you fucking really love those intermissions. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it, the whole thing's worth it.
1: Uh, do you have anything else? to do you want to add about the song? Sure.
2: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's long, chaotic, very tool sound. And I fucking loving that right now at this, at this point, I'm like, man, I'm so into this album <laughs> listening to each one of these songs. Yeah. Um, and you can, you can interpret the song apparently a kind of a couple different ways. I think, Um, If you just look at the lyrics and you can totally it can totally just be about sex. You know, there's a lot of, you know, Mm. there's a lot of stuff that you can pull into a sex. But also um, it could be maybe more about a complicated relationship between two two people or two lovers. Uh, But apparently Maynard Maynard himself said that this song is about identifying the cycle of abuse within yourself. So apparently it's a little bit more internal. Yeah. As well that you can take it. So, I mean, which is great. And that's a thing that Tool does with a lot of their stuff. I mean, I'm saying, you know, what the songs are about. But, like, honestly, it's just either my interpretation or interpretations I've read um, most of these songs. And I think Tool writes their stuff in a way they want people to, like, think for themselves. They want people to figure out their own. And and, and it's done so it can, be, it can be about whatever makes the most sense to you. So. Yeah.
1: All right, so then we come to another kind of intermission, uh, one called Cesaro Some Ability, which admittedly I don't remember at all. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. After listening to it, I do kind of remember that from the album, and I now also remember kind of why I cut it out.
2: It's yeah, it's you know, it's not as funny and cool as Intermission or von Zaten. Um It's just, it's just kind of there. Some baby crying, some some weirdness to kind of be weird. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's but fine. I don't, it's, it's, uh, I'm glad it's a short intermission. Yeah. That's it.
1: All right. And then we're going to move into the pseudo title track. Yep. <laughs> as we mentioned before, the spelling is different. Um, and p- one of the greatest tool songs, I think, ever. It's, uh, I, it's my favorite. I'm just going to go ahead and yeah, say it. It's my favorite yeah, tool song. It's a great song. Uh, and this is the one that when I, when I was talking about the people, you know, singing along, the whole stadium was screaming all of the words to this song as we were mm-hmm. listening to it. And that is Enema. See and whole song is basically just one big fuck you to la it's exactly what it is and i love that as, as someone who's lived in la adam does this song speak to
2: you it does and that's something i wrote like i i i appreciated this song i appreciated this song before i moved to la but mm. because i i lived in la for seven years um maybe it was a little more than seven years but it was right, right around that seven to eight years I feel like the song has, it has a special meaning for me that I just get, I get some of that shit that, that he has seen and that he knows, you know, maybe a little bit more than other people, but everybody, you know, everybody has seen that kind of stuff anyway. Um, but like, you know, I, I love Bill Hicks and I mm. love, you know, I love LA, but I also, LA has got some shit stuff. I didn't, I didn't love it enough to want to live there forever. I moved out of there. Right. And, and I, there is some of this awful stuff that I just, Oh man, I, I, um, You see the hypocrites, the film industry, the yuppies, the Scientologists, the gang life. You know, the entire city has a big, has a big fuck you right here in this song. A big middle finger straight to L.A. and it's awesome. I find it awesome.
1: Uh, A lot of the uh, kind of the concepts does stem from uh, Bill Hicks's album Arizona Bay, and specifically Mm -hmm. in the bit where he's talking about the possibility of a big earthquake that basically just collapses California (laughs) into the ocean and creates a new piece of water called Arizona Bay. yeah. Uh it's, which is just a great funny. a great funny concept and so you really do I'm not going to play it cuz I I really want the audience to go find Bill Hicks yeah, and please. listen to his stuff. Um but what you also get from this song, which you hit they hit you with right at the beginning. You you first of all they don't build too much really. Mm-hmm. They 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 do a little bit, but they kind of hit you with the this is a very fast this is one of the faster moving songs on the album, but the breathing at the beginning is a very specific rhythm and you get this hemiola effect with the breathing because you get this very Mm. consistent hey 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 and then the guitar comes in but on top of this you get the hey 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 which is actually very hard to do while i'm snapping and trying to do -do 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 that at the same time you get this rhythmic hemiola because they don't line up exactly they don't sound like they line up but they actually do it's sort of Mm. a a, almost like a four over three or maybe even a five over four that's happening um and you get more of that with the song there's a spot where it kind of slows down and danny Carey does this really fast double bass you can hear it just really in the in the background and he's doing basically a a nine lit so it's like a, a a quarter note triplet, and then each of those quarter notes are, triplet, are a triplet on top of itself. So he's doing a 9 lit over a 4-4 feel. So you're getting this really—they they really like to play with time and rhythm, and you hear it very well in this song— but the song is still catchy. You still mm-hmm. bob your head along to it. So they do such a good job with it. They've done such a strong
2: way to make this a catchy song. I mean, as we both said, it's, it's one of our absolute favorite Tool songs, period. And as yeah. you said, the whole damn crowd was singing along with it. Just it, It's probably one of their most well-known and just favorite songs, and uh, I think rightfully so. It's fucking awesome.
1: Yeah, it's great. Uh all right so then we move on to our last sort of intermission song which for some reason I did save on my hmm. computer I'm not sure why because it is literally just <laughs> thunder it's basically a thunder sheet and electronic an electric noise like electrical mm-hmm. um like a tesla coil sound Yeah tesla coil yep The only thing I can say of this is it was interesting to listen to I could tell that they were specifically using a thunder sheet Mm. Um, which is a percussion instrument where it's literally just a big piece of sheet metal, and you you kind of wobble it back and forth, and it creates a thunder sound. Mm-hmm. And so that I can tell when it's a thunder sheet, and you could tell that's what they were doing. Okay, um, but that's really much it. It was just that, and it just kind of leads into the last song a little bit.
2: Yeah, uh, I saw one comment about it that I liked, and I think it's worth mentioning. Okay, um, which uh, to one person they kind of said they they like this song you know, being placed after enema, because it kind of reminds them of, you know, oh, LA after it's been destroyed, you know, there's just kind of like, you know, some windy and and just kind of deserted kind of area. Um, And, you know, just maybe it's a a follow up to to enema and Arizona, Mm -hmm. you know, it it kind of being being obliterated. And that's it. That's the only kind of thing. Besides that, this is a fully skippable song, and I don't blame you at all for deleting it. Yeah. Or well, you didn't delete it. I I, didn't, but I forgot. But
1: I, I always do. I do skip it. (laughs) Yeah, I just skip it usually, Uh, because I just want to get to the songs. Mm -hmm. And that brings us finally to our last one, which is called Third Eye. so a couple of things i want to say first of all if you listen to the beginning of the song you will actually hear bill hicks they do a lot mm-hmm. of they take a lot of samples um from him and some of some of from bits that i actually do remember listening to on his yeah. albums
2: interesting enough john he was born in valdosta georgia bill hicks yeah Oh, interesting yeah. it's funny he um the, uh, they i think his, his parents put out like a, a note that he had kind of wrote after, you know, not that he wrote before he died, but as is right. kind of like a, his own like a final words kind of thing. Sure. And he, he wrote, I was born William Melvin Hicks in Valdosta, Georgia. Yup. Uh, he, yuck. like something like that. Like he, <laughs> yeehaw. I was Melvin Hicks. I was not set up for success. Something like that. <laughs> He's like Melvin Hicks from Georgia. I was not set up for success or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, but I just like yeah, I thought that was cool. And you know, we love Georgia. I live in Georgia. John yeah. was born or not born I grew, here, but we grew yeah, up I here. grew up there,
1: yeah. Um, I do this is to me this is, is sort of on the same level as some of the other ones that I called yeah. filler songs. I, I agree. Um I do like cause you get Adam Jones using some slide in this Ooh. one, which change which you don't hear really in anything else, so it gives it a very different sound. Um, but other than that, it's it's a very listenable song. It's a, uh, as far as tool songs go, but it's definitely not one I seek out per se. I
2: wholeheartedly agree. I mean, I appreciate that this one um is, is you know, to me seems like a, a bit of an ode to Bill Hicks and his kind of that that third eye um
1: bit, which he, that he, he does. talks about a lot in in, yeah. in a lot of his comedy,
2: yeah. um, but you know, also, it kind of fits really well with just the overall concept of the album, the overall. Um, you know that what that Carl Jung super consciousness kind of thing. Um, you know with the anima, um, and then that that mentality. So I think it all it all really fits and all kind of comes to a you know culmination at the end. It's a big big long song and it, but it is is very listenable just like every other one of the long songs on this album. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I, uh, I don't love it, but I still like it, and uh, and I think it it works well, and it's a it's a good ender.
1: Well, let's go into our final thoughts, Adam. Why don't you? Why don't you start us off with this?
2: Sure. Um, I know some of these songs are just really long and seem intimidating. Like that last one, 1347, uh, 956, 604, 829, like whatever. Yeah. But when I'm listening to this album, they don't feel that long. Like the, the album has like an interesting, like it, it, it grooves, you know, for like, it's a metal album and, and it has that sound, but it's like it really kind of grooves me through it to where I'm, I'm just loving it. If I was a weed smoker, I would like, <laughs> man, I would blaze up hard and just sit back and just be like, I want to soak in this album. Now, granted, I'm not a weed smoker, and this is the kind of album I can still do that to. I can just, mm-hmm. you know, this is the kind of one I would want to put on noise-canceling headphones and just sit back or lay down for the entire 77 minutes and just absorb it and think about it and just kind of you know close my eyes and just try to you know think of some stuff and just think you know honestly just close my eyes and think and this album it makes me want to do that and i'm not even high (laughs) i'm not even high right now man
1: i like how you i like how you put that because to to me for as hard and i'm Mm -hmm. gonna use air quotes on that is this album is there's a lot of subtlety in the music and Mm -hmm. it's really something you only really can get with headphones um, mm-hmm. it, there is a difference with listening to music in headphones because you catch so much more stuff because all the extra white noise has been taken out, mm-hmm. So if you could use a really good pair. Um, and I agree, this is a, this is a headphone album. This is yeah. one you need to just kind of lay back and just let the let the music wash over you and take it all in and listen to it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I love this album, and honestly, listening to it now just makes me want more Tool i just i need to i need to listen to my other tool albums i need Mm -hmm. to go buy fear inoculum um and i need to find them on tour and watch them and in person so that's this is getting me so hyped up for tool uh
1: i don't have too much to add to that you largely said exactly what my thoughts are on the album um it's always been one i've gone back to i it's it's never really left my rotation of albums it's always there somewhere in the background um Unfortunately, now that I have kids, it's not one I really <laughs> listen to with them in the car. Um, mm-hmm. Not that there's—I mean, there is some some language and stuff, yeah. but uh, it's—they're just not really into some of the harder stuff, and my wife isn't either. So, this is definitely an album I listen to on my own. Um, I've gone through—you know—I've—I've I've driven to LA several times, which is about a four-hour trip or so. So, it's—it's it's one I've—I've I've listened to on that trip several times because it's—I like being able to get through a whole album. I like being able to just put on an album and let it go. And this is definitely one of the ones that uh, runs through. Yep.
2: Absolutely.
1: All right. That was our review of the album Enema by Tool. Please join us next time as we are joined by Dean from the Talking Back podcast for an all-computer-animated episode. We break down 1995's Toy Story, talk about the 90s computer-animated TV show Reboot, and cast our own versions of a Reboot movie.
0: What's up, guys? I'm Tess. And I'm Corey. And we are the Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast, the place where one guy and one gal dive into the
2: world of comic books one adventure at a time.
1: That's right. You can find us every
2: Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or any of your favorite podcatchers.
0: So come check out OCD Podcasts, where comic books are cool! Cool!